0: Well, hello, and welcome to the Desert Spring podcast. Uh, This is uh, coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada, or Summerlin. We are Desert Spring United Methodist Church, and my name is Julie Hart. I am the director of Connectional Ministries here. I welcome you. Um, We are in the middle of a series here, a podcast series, a sermon series, a whole all-church series. Um, uh, It's called The Disciple's Path, and this is about living the John Wesleyan way. Uh, Wesley's our, the founder of our church uh, and um, gives good instructions for us. And so when we become members, these are vows that we take. And um, that's what we've been kind of digging into uh, right now. So I'm excited to have a really great group of guests here. Um, this week we're talking about gifts. So um, welcome, everyone. I'm going to go around and uh, introduce you and ask you to just tell a little bit about um some of the ministries that you're involved in here um, at Desert Spring or through our conference. So Amy Massa, we're going to start with you, first-time podcast guest and a great volunteer. Um, Tell us about yourself and what some things that you're involved in.
1: Okay, Um, I'm Amy, and I'm involved in the Sunday school program here at Desert Spring, and then I'm also involved in the camping ministries, specifically Camp Podesee, And um, have been involved with Camp Potosi my whole life, probably went as a kid and then um, sent my own kids and have been volunteering as an adult, staffed various camps, and um, find that to be a very meaningful place and ministry.
0: You do almost every camp of the summer, almost every week. I am that crazy. Yeah, and now (laughs) you are serving on our conference board, so represent, good for you. Thank, Thank you. you for that. Thank you for all that you do. Okay, we're going to, we have the uh, mom and da- daughter team over here, but s- wearing different hats. So, Beth Blackwood, tell us a bit about yourself.
2: My name is Beth, and I'm currently the coordinator for our Family Promise ministry here at Desert Spring. I um, work with Family Promise, which is an organization here in town that houses, uh, helps unhomed families work into more permanent housing. So my husband and I did this ministry together for mm-hmm. many, many years. And it's interesting because when we had families here staying at the church, he used his gifts to coordinate all that effort. He did. But now that the model of family promise has changed more, so dramatically, it's kind of pivoted to my gift of administration yeah. to coordinate how we work with the families now yeah. in the
0: program. Yeah. It's been a cool thing to see. Yeah, he used to be in the lobby with that giant board and man, he filled that board up every time with people willing to come and stay and be a part of that. So it's it's a ministry that it's a long it has a long history here at the church. So thanks for keeping that going because it did certainly change forms during the pandemic. So All right, we have Ray Lathrop. Go ahead and talk about your official title here, because you actually serve on staff and uh, ministries that you're a part of.
3: Yeah, Um, my name is Ray, and I serve as staff for the Desert Spring Community Resource Center, um, where I help build the organization that was seeded by this church. Originally started just as a ministry related to distributing food. Now we have a food pantry, and we're trying to grow into something larger to support the families that we serve. I'm also a member of the committee for the different kind of Christmas uh, gift, and I help that committee select and
0: then promote the gift that we give every single year. Great. I can't wait to talk about both of those uh, things, um, th- great ministries. And, um, yeah, the, there's another pandemic thing that came out of the pandemic was the food distribution and our, our community resource center. Um, if you're not from Las Vegas, we live the, – the church here is in Summerlin, and people were surprised. We, were, we are the first and I think still the only uh, kind of service that we have in our we area. We might be the
3: only food pantry in – about a 10-mile radius. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's some other churches that do some distribution not too far from here, but many of them don't have the capacity to operate a food program regularly, and now we've started receiving donations from those churches awesome. as we've established a physical location for more of a permanent distribution.
0: in the That's great. And then finally, we have Lindsay Hurley, and Lindsay, you serve on staff here and uh, do a, a I don't know if we have time for everything because you do a (laughs) lot right now, girl. But uh, go ahead and talk about some of the ministries that you're involved in. in Your title here.
4: I am one of the directors of youth ministry. So I teach our youth Sunday school and I also host the 11 o'clock service hour as well as volunteer full-time in the pantry. Yeah,
0: that's all. That's all (laughs) she does. (laughs) That's it. That's pretty much it. Um, okay, well, I'm super excited to hear um, what you have to say. And the, the first thing I kind of want to talk about are the ways that you've seen the giving of others impact the lives of the ministries that you're involved in. A lot of times, you know, we give gifts, um, uh, we make donations, um, and we don't get the opportunity necessarily to see where they go. And it's nice to hear from people who see firsthand and know we always try to be good stewards of the gifts that we receive. And, um, so it's nice to hear people, um, who are involved firsthand saying, this is what that check does. This is what your gift is doing, um, because you get to, I mean, and, and God bless you for doing the work because, um, that takes a lot to show up and to see that as a blessing. But, um, Amy, I'd like to start with you because that's camp is something I'm also very passionate about and I've been involved with for not my whole life, but a lot of years. And I, 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 I love seeing what camp does. So maybe can you talk a little bit about, I know when we do, um, we always say this, getting your kids to camp. Um, there are so many people that are willing to make that. Um, we have camp scholarships. We never want money to be the reason a, a child does not get to have the experience at camp um, because we know it's very important in the faith formation. And, um, you know, a week at camp is more than a year of Sunday school, the time that you have with them. So, uh uh, yeah, talk about that. Oh, and, yeah. and...
1: I just think um, a week away at camp has gotten really expensive in the last couple of years, and I know um, some years ago too they had a like a tiered schedule, and I know our family had multiple kids in multiple camps, and we couldn't afford mm-hmm. to send um, kids. That many times throughout the summer, so took advantage of that. And camp is such a transformational experience for kids, and to see um, to see the growth and to see what happens in a child's life over a week of camp. I, I don't know really how to describe it, honestly, mm-hmm. but they, um, you know, they're they're able to come up and they are. Away from all the distractions of their of their lives, and just surrounded by this community of people, and I think um, feel feel the love of a community and therefore the love of God very strongly. It's a very sacred place, and uh, it is hard work, of course, to be staff, but to be a part of that is like. I really can't describe it. I don't know how to describe it. And those those children that are up there, you know, we don't know who's on scholarship and who's not. But it just it just becomes mm-hmm. a, just a very tight tightly knit group of people. And yeah, I, I think without without the gifts, without a lot of the kids would not be able to come to camp without that. Mm-hmm. And I've seen kids that have come back year after year after year, and seen kids that have come as children and youth and have become counselors mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm glad into you said a leadership that leadership positions uh, that it, it's that strong of a connection for them that they want to, yeah. they want to keep coming.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I, I think I'm so glad that you talked about those kids that come up as, you know, campers and then, you know, counselors and, uh, then, you know, we've seen them grow into deans and, and, um, everything. And so I think when someone's making a, a donation for a camp scholarship, they really are making an investment in that child's life, but also in all of our lives because then they they get those experiences that then they, you know, as the old camp song, they pass along, right? And so it's it's really cool to watch that happen. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Amy. And so, Beth, um, talk a little bit about, now, how many years, I know you did Family Promise before you came here to Desert Springs, so talk about Family Promise How it got to Desert Spring in the first place. (laughs) I was fine because I know the answer to this question. Because
2: because my husband got involved with Family Promise when we lived up in Sparks and we're worshiping at Sparks United Methodist Mm -hmm. Church. We started off as a support congregation for another church there. And then he went to church council and he said, I really want to do this here. And this is just an example of how different churches operate because there the church council was like ooh, no, you want to have homeless people stay in our Sunday school rooms. And there was a little bit of pushback from that. And Bob explained that there would be overnight hosts, members of our congregation that would be there to answer any questions or take care of any problems. And finally, the church council gave approval, and we started hosting Family Promise. And it wasn't very long before even the naysayers were volunteering mm-hmm. and helping and mm-hmm. bringing meals and spending the night and interacting with our guests. And one night, the Boy Scouts fixed dinner for our families, and one of the boys came up to me and said, where are the homeless people? And we said, well, everyone's here. Everyone's eating with everyone else. And he did not realize that homeless people look just like him. Mm. And that was you know, a strange little gift Mm -hmm. to give to awareness Mm -hmm. of how other people are living their lives. So when we moved down here, Bob felt very strongly about maintaining a, a contact with family promise. It wasn't very long before he was promoting again, that we would be a host congregation. We supported Grace in the Desert, spent many a night over at Grace in the Desert. Their program was so completely different than ours, and it was interesting to see how they did that. And then once we built the new sanctuary, Bob said, if we can spend $3 million on a new sanctuary, we can house families in these Sunday school rooms. That, that, and that, that sounds exactly it seems, right. <laughs> it seems fair. So once again, we, we went to church council, and the question wasn't, Mm-hmm. Can we do this? The question was, is this making disciples for Jesus Christ? Right. And the answer was yes. And yep. so we started Family Promise here,
0: and we're permission giving church, and that is a different model for for church. I don't think just for Methodists. I mean, just for any church, for, for any, any organization. Church. The experience really. <laughs> was so different.
2: Yeah. And so we started off by housing four or five families at a time, and one of the very first things that we asked for was money to buy air mattresses Mm -hmm. so we could set up each of the Sunday school rooms as a hotel room Mm -hmm. for these families to stay in while they were here. And Bob phrased it that you know how much a hotel room costs in Las Vegas? Well, an air mattress only costs $30. So if everybody could just give $30 for an air mattress, and oh my goodness, we ended up with... Again, the gifts—the mm-hmm. gifts of air mattresses for our families—and mm-hmm. then it was, can you make a meal? Can you spend the night? Can you come and be a host in the evening and interact with our guests mm-hmm. and help with homework or play games? And immediately, Mary, <laughs> Mary, uh, was here with a uh, with a toy and game table every single yes, night that remember. we housed people, and. Amazing meals showed up, and people would spend the night, and, you know, it was just the gifts of money, the gifts of time, the gifts of food, and that model continued for a long time until COVID, Mm -hmm. and then COVID hit, and all of the churches, all the 22 different churches that housed people in the Valley shut their doors, right? and Family Promise had to completely change their Mm -hmm. model, and so the model changed to... Um, housing families in weeklies, like a Seagull Suites or another weekly that has a kitchenette and, and where people could yeah. you know stay for extended periods of time. But it was the Family Promise team here at Desert Spring that called me and said, what's happening with Family Promise? What's happening with those families? They still need help. It wasn't me. I kind of went, well, we don't do this anymore. But I thought, oh, I guess we're going to do something. (laughs) So I called Family Promise and said, how can we help? And they said, well, if you adopt a family, you can help with Mm -hmm. groceries and other things that families in these programs need, because they come into these programs with nothing. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so we started developing a relationship with a family, and getting a weekly grocery list. And I got a group of at least 25 volunteers that are on the shopper list. And every week I put out the list. And every week mm-hmm. the table in front of the kitchen is stocked, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. filled to capacity with the food that that family needs. Yeah. And then we get it delivered to yeah.
0: them. It's wild to watch because it is it's kind of a it is a race, right? The email it's goes out and it gets a like it's like Black Friday. But it's the a opposite. fight <laughs>
2: for who's gonna bring what. And yeah. sometimes yeah. I end up with extra, which is fantastic because then I can have that dropped at the family promise office and they can have fan things to give to a family that may just mm-hmm. be coming in right off the street with nothing to eat yeah. and now we're able to give them fresh fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. and some sustenance yeah i want to say though the gifts are not just money the gifts are not just yep. food the gifts are time the gifts are love and in addition to that it's become kind of a a little bit of a a donation of household items linens blankets, things that these families are going to need when they move into their permanent housing Mm -hmm. because they move out of that hotel room without anything to have in their own home. So now I end up with plates and dishes and silverware. And I have people calling me and saying, my mother's downsizing her home. What can I give to you? Mm -hmm. And it it's really become a way that we not just support the families when they're in the program, but that support follows them into their new home. Mm-hmm.
0: And there again is in the investment that we're making into the you know if you invest into a family's life, then you know that's you're investing in the community and investing in yeah, yeah. I love I love that ministry and I love that uh, I love that y'all brought it here and and that we be able to you know move with it as it's as it's changed. All right, so moving along. So, Ray, obviously, I can see it's no surprise that you're involved in these kinds of things because probably wasn't an option. You just grew up, and this is the way life was, just to care about to care about people. I spent many nights on the floor of the church with Family
3: Promise families. I yes. bet you did. Bet it was you did. funny. You were talking about Dad's gifts and your gifts, and Dad always spent any night that didn't have a volunteer signed up, Dad was here, mm-hmm. um, and for some reason I don't know I ended up being like if he was on the schedule I would take like Friday or Saturday night off from him and so routinely I would sleep here just because dad didn't need to do it every night or you know more than once in a week Mm -hmm. and so I've done that a lot and now because I'm at the church a couple of days a week I drive the family promised food from that table over to mom's house yeah. every Thursday. I,
0: yeah, I saw that. I wa- I watched that happen but when that started happening. <laughs> and then
3: mom doesn't have to drive out to church. Mm-hmm. We don't live very close. So um, it's funny how we've all kind of done this together.
0: Yeah, um, that's great. That's yeah. really great. And so um, it's no surprise then that now you're involved in um, – a couple different ministries A couple here. Different things. Talk about yeah. those.
3: Well, I think it's really important to think about our different kind of Christmas approach and how we. Select an organization that can use a very sizable donation, but when we go through that process of selecting an organization, we make sure that they can accommodate the other ways in which our church wants to be involved. Mm -hmm. We make sure that there's volunteer opportunities or that there's an ongoing relationship that we can have with that organization. Um, not Not that we need recognition. It's not about... Um, our name on something entirely. And it's not about, you know, the community knowing that Desert Spring did something, but it's important for the families and members of our church to see that gift in action. And so a lot of times you'll, you'll know there's a group of people that still to this day Uh, volunteer regularly at Three Square because we gave that gift at different kind of Christmas Mm -hmm. and we're able to continue to volunteer there. Same thing with Sandy Valley. We give a gift to Sandy Valley and there are many families in our congregation that continue to uh, give their time to the Sandy Valley Mm -hmm. organization because it's important to them. And we want to make sure, I think, that the different kind of Christmas gift not only... Really is an investment in an organization to do some big uh, transformational work, but also is an open opportunity for our church to get more involved in that organization.
0: Yeah, and I probably should have explained more about what different kind of Christmas is for anyone that doesn't know. That's our annual. Yeah, you said that, but um, that that we this began with malaria. This began yeah. when I first came here. So
3: several years ago, the idea to give our Christmas Eve offering yeah. to an external organization so that we know, and the kids growing up in this church, every member of this church knows that Christmas is not about us. Yeah,
0: Christmas is about the change that we can have in the world. Yeah. And that's, that's as I was just coming here, that was the thing, like the different, that's the first I'd heard of this different kind yeah. of Christmas. And and Pastor David um, encourages those with children to, you know, ask um, their kids to, to plan to give up one gift at Christmas, and they get the ornament, and my tree is full of them, yeah. at those ornaments. Yeah, um,
3: and we raise the bulk of that money out of small, tiny $20, $30, $50 donations. Um, and sometimes they've, you know, we've given $80,000, $100,000 at one time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I'm excited. And the big reveal for this year's recipient will be, Soon. Coming a couple of weeks after this airs, I believe. So yeah. I'm excited to see. Um, yeah, yeah, you always have come up with. Some also, great another organization
3: that we'll be able to have a long term relationship with because of the yeah. gift and because of the opportunities to get more involved in in that organization's
0: work. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. sometimes it's in the neighborhood. Sometimes it's outside of our country. Yeah. And so I I love it.
3: I really want to tell how important it is how the Desert Spring Community Resource Center has been completely supported by volunteers. I think it's really easy to look at a pantry and the food distribution and think that you know, we're really just transactionally like giving out food and that is the work of this ministry, which I still see as a ministry, even though we've become independent of the church, mm-hmm. we have been able to self-fund and hopefully sustain for years to come. Mm-hmm. But our work is not possible without volunteers. Mm-hmm. And the bulk of our volunteers come from our congregation. Mm-hmm. And they're not all of them. We actually have some volunteers that are our neighbors, the clients that we serve. We have some volunteers that just hop the fence from their house just <laughs> west or south of the church yeah. and make sure that they you know, come and give some of their time on a Saturday morning. We engage about 30 to sometimes 50 volunteers every week. One of our shifts at the pantry, kind of the, the Boy Scouts has tried to adopt. We have some families that volunteer all together. The opportunity that we have at the Desert Spring Community Resource Center is for volunteers to get to know somebody mm-hmm. that they wouldn't know otherwise. Mm-hmm volunteers walk with our families and our neighbors through the food pantry. It's a pantry set up for client choice. It's all organized so that a family can pick whatever food they like, Mm -hmm. whatever food they know they're going to eat. It helps us reduce food waste, Mm -hmm. but also gives that family and our neighbors the dignity of exactly the way we grocery shop ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we have volunteers go with them. They help them out to their car. Mm -hmm. A lot of times those volunteers will Offers additional support. We try to make referrals if a family is in significant need, but we also have some volunteers that ask if they can just pray with their neighbors at their car. Mm -hmm. And that really is um, the gift that we give to the neighbors that we serve, is really building a relationship um, and, and being there for families that a lot of times have never, ever considered themselves in need until here they are
0: at our front step, um, asking for some food. Yeah, and and here again, it's the gift from the different kind of Christmas that a whole ministry comes out of, yeah. and that people. But truly, the gift is it, it, those who are giving and yeah. doing um, yeah. what they get back. I just I see people light up, and I hear the stories of yeah of what. And- it's- and
3: two, you know, we have volunteers that help um, pick up some of the food that gets donated. Mm-hmm. We go to Albert two different Albertsons every week in order to stock our pantry and stock our freezer and fridge. And that is an important gift that we could never pay for that food. And we certainly don't have enough staff in order to go get it. Um, and so volunteers for us are really not only the inputs, but they're also the... The outcomes of the work that we do. Mm -hmm. I think that our volunteers' lives are changing, and I think that the lives of our neighbors are changing Mm -hmm.
0: too. And I think that um, organizations seeing us using the gifts that we receive in a responsible way, now they come on board, and now we're getting, we've got different organizations, like you said, Albertsons, we have Bimbo Bread, and yeah, we're just sorting a
3: a donation this morning from a corporate volunteer group from United Way. So they called us and said, would you like some meal kits? And we said, of course. Uh, We've received some donations from Grace in the Desert, does a food drive every month, and we receive some of that food. Um, same with the LDS Church down the street; we've I love also it. been recipients of some of their donations too. So I love it. It's really exciting it. that not only our family neighbors, the the neighbors that surround our church, but some of the institutional neighbors mm-hmm. are also supporting our work. Yeah.
0: It's great. I really love it. Who'd have thought that it would happen here in Summerlin? So it's cool. So Lindsay, what have you been doing? Nothing.
4: only every day. (laughs) Um, I want to play off of what Ray said for a second, though. I have a really sweet story. So I am a homeschooling mom to both of my children. Um, and I'm also in my second trimester of my pregnancy. So anybody who's gone through that knows that you can only lift a certain amount. Um, so I picked up Albertsons yesterday and I had 14 boxes from Albertsons, which was amazing. And You weigh the donations, and then you put them away. And I had both my children there with me. And it was wonderful because we weighed the boxes. um, And by we, I said my children did. They took the boxes out of my car and put them in the cart, and they Mm -hmm. pushed the cart through. And when my kids were like, "Well, these boxes are heavy," and I was like, "Well, it's only eleven pounds. We just weighed it, so I think you're fine, muscles. Let's Let's get a move on." (laughs) So I have pictures from yesterday that my kids unloaded fourteen boxes. Great. Um, I was uh, the manager that oversaw and Mm -hmm. uh, good. So my older son, who is super into math, he was able to record all the weights for me. Mm. And he was able to do the math there. And he was super excited to get involved in that. And my younger child, who thinks she's She-Hulk, was able to pick up all the boxes and carry Mm -hmm. them into the pantry. And she has a very natural organization skill to her that she clearly got from her father and not me. So Mm -hmm. she put everything away very nicely. And my son was able to go through. And I was like, well, why don't you count what we have available. So just so we know, and he went through and so it turned into inventory and it turned into a really neat homeschool lesson. Um, being a homeschool mom, I try really hard to lead by example and I want them to see how important it is to volunteer your time. Um, which brings me to my next, a couple of weeks ago, I was teaching Sunday school and our topic was on tithing. And I had a whole bunch of questions that the teenagers were asking. And this one sweet girl, she said, well, I just don't know if I can, if I have the money to tithe. And I said, well, you know, tithing comes in many different forms. It, it of course, is financial, but it also is with giving your gifts and giving your talents and giving your time. And we talked about the importance of giving your time and being completely transparent. Obviously, my family... Um, has had some raw (laughs) moments the last two years. We are no stranger to um, struggle and stress. Mm -hmm. So I was sharing that with the teenagers and I was saying, you know, my family can't always tithe financially, but what we can do is tithe with our time. I can be here in the pantry and giving my time. Mm -hmm. I can be here helping set up tables and doing other things that You wouldn't think of when you come to tithing, but giving your time is something that's so important. And I'm able to lead by example, not only through Sunday school, but through my own children and showing that, well, a couple days a week we go and pick up Albertsons, we go and help weigh the food, put the food away. And that's something that they are waking up in the morning eager and excited to do. Mm. They're really excited for Fridays because they know that mom picks up Albertsons on Fridays. So they are excited to wake up now and come with me because they want to experience it and they want to be helpful and they want to tithe that way. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to instill that in my children um, for me. So it's really cool that they're able to see that on a weekly basis, Mm -hmm. how meaningful their time truly is. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Time is very valuable and a big gift. And none of these things happen without people investing their time. So, yes. So another thing that you, um, some of us have done this before, been a part of the, um, giving tree. Yes. But last year, uh, you took that on and, um, just like other ministries, it, it changed forms a little bit. We did it a little bit differently. Um, but I'd love to hear about that experience for you cuz that was a first when you Lindsay has a problem raising her hand in staff meetings sometimes. I do. <laughs> uh and when you you were raising your hand I'm like, "Oh, sister got no idea what that means." But <laughs> she just that said, big "Yes, project. to, Cuz I've done that yes, many Julie times. Like I, I, my head was down. That's <laughs> why so my hand was down. <laughs> and I was sitting upon my hands, both yes. of them. But um, but it's such a great thing. Um, but So talk about your experience last year doing that.
4: It was. So it was brought up in staff meeting that we needed somebody to head that on. And there was a lot of really blank stares uh, <laughs> going on. <laughs> and I looked around and I was like, oh, no. So I, my hand raised up and I was like, you know, I have a lot of really big ideas that I think yeah. uh, would be really cool. And I said, I would love to take this on and head this, um, but I would love to make some changes to it and see – if it works. And I think it's really important to always try new things. Yeah. And so if it doesn't work, exactly. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out one year, then we can try something next year. And I think that's important to keep growing that way. So we tried out more of a shopping approach. So when our families came in, they were able to drop their children off in the multipurpose room, where actually our teenagers led with games and snacks and cookies. Mm -hmm. And it was a really cool, like, party atmosphere. So these kids were able to come in and make Christmas cookies and have Christmas crafts. And there was a Christmas movie playing, and we had games and we had teenagers leading games around and Amy you were in there as yeah, well and you, you led sure one of our were. games for us and it was really so much fun, fun. Yeah. it was it was really fun we had so many kids coming in and out and all of the yep. kids had this wonderful sugar high which was just so <laughs> and fun and then we sent them home and then parents. we sent them right home it's with good, mom and dad which was good even decisions great. so the after the grown-ups dropped off the children they were able to walk over to the other side and really shop for the items they wanted to give their children for christmas so we had it organized by different rooms and they would go into each room so the first room would have been clothing and they went to the second room and it was maybe the smaller stocking stuffer type items and then the next room was like that really big gift and we were able to get all of this by donations from the congregation from the church which was so amazing to see and these families were able to come in and completely take ownership over Christmas. And it gave this pride and this dignity to the whole process. Mm -hmm. There was no shame. There was no hard feelings. It was like, hey, you know, I am so excited that you are here. Go ahead and pick everything out and let us know if you need any help. It was very much like walking into Macy's Mm -hmm. uh, during the Christmas rush. And it was so fun. It was such an awesome experience. And after they picked out the items that they wanted to present for their children, they walked over to the sanctuary and we had this big wrapping station Mm -hmm. where we had a plethora of wrapping paper Mm -hmm. and they were able to pick out their own wrapping paper and we had wrapping paper of all kinds and they were able to take the presents out to their cars And it kept the magic for the children because there was no sneak peeks. There wasn't kids Mm -hmm. that were like looking over shoulders and Mm -hmm. not knowing to expect. But I think another thing that came out of it that was really cool is these gifts truly did come from mom and dad. Um, Years in the past, I remember growing up when I was little, my parents volunteered for um, the Giving Tree program. And it was when we were dropping off the presents at the house. Yeah, And that was one way of doing it. And This past year, I wanted to change that a little bit because I didn't want there to be any confusion that these gifts really truly did come from their Mm grownups. And I thought it was really important that the kids were able to see just that their grownups are the ones giving them the presents. Mm -hmm. So by doing it this, uh, this past year that way, it was able to keep really the Christmas Magic Alive, which was really special. And like I said, everything that was donated was donated by the church and by the congregation, and we were able to create an entire store Mm -hmm. for these families to walk through, which made Mm -hmm. it so amazing and so special to be a part of.
0: And there again, this goes back to we um, gave flyers um, sometime before, sometime in November. I remember going around to the cars and, do you have kids? And here's that. They could sign up. And that's where the families this year came from. They this past summer summer. <laughs> this uh, past winter. Christmas. Um, they came from, you know, already neighbors that we have a relationship with that were that were coming here. And yes. so that was that was very cool. So great job. Great Thank job. You. Yeah. That that's, was that the was,
1: smiles on everyone's faces right? that evening. Yeah. The kids and parents alike yeah. and the community of people wrapping presents together. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like the really checkout girl. Really special night. Yeah, yeah it, it was. was. I I loved when some of the parents came in
4: and there was this sweet dad that came in last year and he was like, I don't think I've ever wrapped a present before. <laughs> and another mom was like, I'll help you. And he yeah. was like, good, because these shapes are real weird and I don't know what to do with it. And it was so cool because the community of neighbors were like yep. helping each other out and wrapping and we had Christmas music just blasting. And overall, it was just a really wonderful all around community. There was nobody... That stood out. We all were just one community together, working together, and spending the Saturday together, which was mm-hmm. so awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, I loved it. If you had been able to be there and see them experience it, you would understand the value in that. Yes, um, it's hard for people to understand because let's face it, everybody wants to take off. They want to pick their angel, their little seven-year-old that wants a ballerina doll and or whatever, you know. Yes, but um, so. That, that kind of is more of a feel-good feeling for the ones that are doing the giving. But it was very cool to watch the people that got to, to have some ownership in that. So yes. that was really cool. Really cool. You all have done such great things, and I know that you do other things in other arenas. But is there a family or a person, a child, or anything that stands out for you that um, you really have been able to see the impact? And you don't even have to say names, but if there's something that... Stands out for you that you're like, oh, this is why I do this because mostly we sign up for these things and they're exhausting and hard. And you know, it's we, and then you're thinking, I'm never doing this again while you're doing it. And then you're like, yeah, I am because that just happened. (laughs) We have so
3: many really wonderful neighbors that come to our pantry pretty regularly and to the food distribution. We've been able to get to know a lot of our neighbors, which has really a gift unto itself, especially in this area. I think that the way that our neighborhoods are designed, it's hard to sometimes even meet your next door neighbor or people that you live near. So we have really, I think, you know, our mission is to really help families thrive in whatever way that they need. One of the things that I think we're really doing is building relationships and really trying to combat what might be some of the isolation that exists in our built environment. I'm Mm -hmm. a total nerd about that. But But it's hard to meet people when you drive into your garage and you shut the door and you don't go outside again.
0: Listen, show offs that can park their cars in the garage, whatever that life is, I have to meet my (laughs) neighbors. I don't have room for my car. I I know I have a garage. (laughs)
3: Um, Yeah. So. So what we've seen, and I think this is really universal after the pandemic, is a huge sense of isolation.
0: Yes, for sure.
3: It's been really isolating in this community. And sometimes I would imagine living out here, being someone who maybe not be able to afford another tank of gas, it might be really super isolating in your own home. We have now established relationships with some of our neighbors who have admitted that it's been really difficult for them to find a friend, mm. really difficult for them to understand the place that they live in the community that they're a part of. We have some neighbors that rent a room in a house out here because it really helps them save money um, and that by coming to our pantry and coming to our food distribution they're finally able to interact with other people in a way that they're not a, they really don't have another outlet for mm-hmm. so we've been really blessed to 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 make friends with some of our neighbors and and they are really building bonds with other volunteers and with other neighbors that they come back and volunteer so, we have one guy that's renting a room not too far from here, and he said it took him years in order to even admit that he needed some help. And he finally came over and he grabbed some food and he just really loved the smiles on everyone's faces. Mm-hmm. And the next time he came, he came to volunteer. Yep. And we have. A single dad that does the same thing and we have a single mom that does the same thing that the only interaction outside of work that sometimes is too stressful to even think about probably doesn't pay enough of the bills obviously which is why they're clients of ours the resource center here gives them a place to connect with other people Mm -hmm. and so we are we're investing in friendship too Mm -hmm. and it's the gifts of everything that makes the resource center work especially the volunteers that are around and the smiles on their face that's making people feel like they can belong Mm
0: -hmm.
3: I love it with
2: family promise I work with the office and they assign me a family and i usually ask for a larger family i know <laughs> because we have the capacity to support a larger family mm-hmm. and i ask for somebody that's going to be in the program for the longest period of time which is usually about 3 months yeah. because it gets a little while, it takes a little while to get everything going in the right direction and what i've found is i'm the one that reaches out and makes the first contact with that family and inevitably i'm talking to a mom That has been passed around from one social service to Mm -hmm. another Mm -hmm. and doesn't have a whole lot of trust Mm, in organizations really following through and doing what they say they're going to do. And when I say to her, we're going to provide your groceries for the next week, I can hear in her voice that, Mm -hmm. "Uh uh-huh, sure, right. Mm -hmm. So usually the first week I get a very short list. And I'm like, oh, this is a big problem because I've got 25 people that are ready to shop. So, you know, we show up, we provide that that list, and she sees that we provide that list. And then I encourage, let's have a little bit bigger list next week. Mm -hmm. Are there things that you can't get covered by WIC? Are there things that you can't get covered by SNAP? Are there other things that your family needs? Well, I take the bus, and the bus is really expensive. And you know, I've bought monthly bus passes for our family, for our moms or whoever in the family is taking the bus to work. Yeah. And I tell my group, I said, you know, I have a family that needs a bus pass. I have a family that needs a microwave. I have a family that needs mm-hmm. something other than food, which is never going to be covered by their benefits. By about three or four weeks in, Mm-hmm. I'm getting a pretty decent grocery noti- list. I
0: notice that I'm on that distribution list. Yeah. yeah.
2: And and they're they're finally trusting enough that we're yeah. gonna come through yep. with the other things that they need. Mm-hmm. You know, I get asked for maybe a pair of shoes, I get asked for some pots and pans, I get asked for um sheets or a blanket. Mm-hmm. And you know, the beauty of of this is there are people that can't shop in our church, Mm -hmm. but instead they continue to give a check Mm -hmm. and it gets tagged for family promise. And that way, if something's not covered on the list, Mm -hmm. I can go out and get it because Mm -hmm. I know that I have the funds available Mm -hmm. to cover those extra things. The family that we supported that graduated in July had two little boys She was already living in a weekly when she joined the Family Promise program. So what happened was Family Promise took over her weekly housing fee. And she had a job and went from temporary to permanent. And she got a pretty nice little raise. $4 an hour more is a big chunk of change. Yeah, it is. And while she was in the program, she saved enough To get first and last month's rent for the apartment that she wanted, enough to get her utilities started, and enough to buy a car. Wow, that's big. And the last week that we provided food, I said, well, you know, we were having some trouble figuring out a time to pass off the the groceries. She said, Miss Beth, I have my own car. Can I just come and pick them up? So, mm-hmm. very unusual, I actually got to meet this family, which mm-hmm. I don't usually because usually the Family Promise driver delivers the food and drops yeah. it off. So she came to to my house mm-hmm. with her two little boys and we got to hug it out. Oh. And she told me that through the support of Family Promise and through our congregation, her faith had been restored. Mm-hmm. Her belief in the goodness of other people and in God's gifts had been reignited in her, and she was leaving Family Promise with more than just the food and the other things that we'd been able to provide for her because she found through our interactions, through the support of our Family Promise group— a real
0: connection to community
2: mm-hmm.
0: and to faith. Mm-hmm. That's great, and that's and that just started with people's gifts. You know, that just started with people's gifts, and that um, that thank you for sharing that. That's really beautiful, um, and I love we. Th- th- Presence was the podcast uh, before this episode that um, and people in there said, well, if Linda Chapin asks you to do something, you do it. But I think the same (laughs) thing goes for Beth Blackwood. I mean, there's some people that we're just we just nobody would actually say no to. So it's (laughs) you're one of them. So, uh, yeah, and I think that's and because but you've proven yourself, too. So there's there's trust here with the congregation that it's going to be the gifts are going to be used wisely. I have
2: to say. It's mm-hmm. not me. It's the team because it, the team comes through every single week.
0: Yeah, right. That's great. Any other examples of how well, you've that's, seen that? That's hard to follow. That was beautiful. <laughs> it's yeah, so beautiful. I love but, it.
1: And you asked for specific examples and kids, and I don't think there's any podcast long enough. There's so yeah. many kids. But right, I did bring yeah. um, a couple summers ago we had kids fill out surveys that say because of camp and how it impacted their lives. So I just brought some of those. Can I just share some of those? Please do. Yes. Please do. Um, I like some of these. So because of camp, and then the, the kids just filled in the end of that sentence, I learned how to be a leader and be responsible. Um, another kid wrote, I got to experience friendship and the embrace of God. That was so wow. beautiful. Um, I felt welcomed and have more love for who I am. I am no longer lonely. <laughs> um I am more open to making new friends and trying new things. Um, I became more confident and strong. I found myself being a lot more kind. I got off my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. That's a great one. Uh, nature was shared between the people in my group. Um, there's so many of them. I feel like I belong to a camp family.
0: Yeah.
1: Very powerful stuff. My, this is, uh, my social skills have strengthened as I feel more confident talking to people now. And I was able to open my eyes and understand more about God. Mm. So those are the kinds of things kids are saying after a week of camp. Yeah, That's so lovely. I yeah.
0: I love that because of camp, and and you know, we could we could go on all day with it because of camps, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. For all of us, for all of us too. Um, you know, I know that being the recipient of gifts makes people want to give, and after we've received, I think so. I think understanding that those gifts are just kind of like an investment and in paying it forward, and I know we've all, we've all seen that. And um, I love the work that all of you all are doing. It happens to be an all-woman podcast episode today, <laughs> but y'all are out there um, really getting it done and and being such great examples. And you know, I'm proud to say, you know, the work that we do here at Desert Spring. And I know that when people are making those. Those gifts, I know, like it's gonna great things are gonna happen. I also want to kind of come back
2: around to that different kind of Christmas because um, not last year, but the year before, Family Promise was the recipient of a different kind of Christmas gift. And at the time, they were fundraising for their new navigation center. This is going to be an amazing facility that will have ten bridge apartments, classrooms, kitchens. Office space, public space, an outside garden where people can walk and be outdoors, and our church raised over a hundred thousand dollars for Family Promise, mm-hmm. and the, and each bridge apartment costs fifty thousand dollars to build. Mm-hmm. So two of the bridge apartments in the new Navigation Center, which will be complete next summer, are going to be named for. Desert Spring United Methodist Church, and we did just select the names that are going to be on those. I and know. I'll reveal also that top secret. soon. <laughs> I'll reveal that soon. But you know, really, the you know, in in a lot of cases with a different kind of Christmas, we make the gift. And then we invest in that organization and become yeah. involved. Yes. in With Family Promise, we were already involved yeah. in the organization. Yeah. And this just stepped up our support to a whole nother level. Yeah. And when that navigation center is complete, we'll be able to take teams down to yep. the navigation center mm-hmm. and prepare dinners for the guests. Mm. And once again, interact with the families, mm-hmm. which we haven't been able to do mm-hmm. during this
0: Yeah. We're gonna this, get this time. We'll get Bob back out there we'll with get his Bob big board. Bob in the Bob kitchen in the because
2: <laughs> Bob can cook. Yeah. and you know, so the, you know, again, our our ways that, to be involved in our ways to support Family Promise. Yeah. will transition into a new relationship. Yeah, and and part of that is because of this big sum of money that we were able to Mm -hmm. raise and invest in the organization.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And I think everyone kind of shared like this flexibility and we're evolving. I mean, camp has certainly changed and evolved through the years, the family promise program, this, you know, what we're doing here, our community resource center, you know, the, the giving tree, like all of these things um, just, you know, they have to evolve and keep growing. And it's, it's cool to have um, volunteers and leaders that, Mm -hmm embrace that
3: I think I also want to share that the resource center both the pantry as well as some of the other ways that we've been able to support families through some referrals and recommendations of other programs or other services that families might be eligible for not only does our church support as volunteers but some many times we've actually served families here in the church yes yes That's very true. And I just really want to thank our congregation for offering these services and these gifts because a lot of times I don't think that we know where they're going to go. And to know that sometimes it's to someone who lives next to the church, sometimes it's someone who lives all the way out in Henderson or farther in Sandy Valley, but sometimes it's a family that's right here in the pew next to them, mm-hmm. and that's what's really I think surprising about the ways that our gifts are um, benefiting the community around us. Yeah, it's been it's been really remarkable getting to know um, people through our pantry and through our food distribution, and realizing um, how how small this world really is.
0: Mm. And I'm glad you said that, Ray. And and this week we're talking about gifts uh, of the Wesleyan way. But in every single ministry that you all, that we've all been talking about today, it did involve prayers Mm -hmm. and presence and gifts and service and witness. And so I don't think that they're mutually exclusive. I think when you show up for one, you just kind of naturally show up for the others. And, And it's, um, that's yeah, that's what we're supposed to be doing here. And, um, you know, all are welcome. That's our message. And um, all are welcome to serve. All are welcome to be recipients. And I love watching um, the ways that that, that that looks. It looks different. In the years I've been here, it just keeps looking different. And that's good. That's a good thing. Well, I know you all have a lot of work to get to because you're busy ladies. And so I thank you all for um, the time and the and the sharing I know I've heard you all express the gift that it is for you to be involved in the ministries, and you do such, such great work. And so we can also make a plug for other people to um, show up with their presence, right? And in, in the ministries that you're doing. So, yeah, we definitely need the gifts to get that work done. But um, I'm sure y'all could use more help in the areas that you're serving. So, um, you know, reach out. If you're not here in Las Vegas, reach out to, um, you know, find a church near you that's doing that that's doing this kind of work that um you know you can get behind so okay then with that i'm going to go ahead and close us in prayer gracious loving god we uh thank you for the gifts of um amy and all the work that she does and beth and ray and Lindsay, and um for the ways in which they get to see the the generous gifts of the congregation and how those um really turn into changing lives and the ways that they have seen transformation and disciples being made and uh, people's faith growing um, in God and in humanity. We thank you for um, the ways in which they inspire others to also want to give and be a part of the important things that they're doing. Um, We just thank you for the opportunity to serve and pray always that um, all that we do may bring glory to you. Amen.